Hey, welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get to it. week doing great oh hachimachi what's everyone been listening to <sighs> well uh so this is parker and i'll mm. note we've got we've got somebody else on the show today but we'll get to him <laughs> right at the end of the whole show <laughs> just gonna have to sit here cold the whole time just okay. uh, yeah, staring been, and waiting That's fine. I, uh, <laughs> well yeah let's, let's mention cole real quick before we i guess Sure. Doing stuff. Cole, what's up? Hi, I'm Cole. Um, nothing. Nothing much. I'm having a great Memorial Day. Nice. Having a good time. It is Memorial did Day. Did some, Memorial it's Day. True. Did some hiking today up at Radnor. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Uh, with Matthew and Kyle, and it was a good time. I ah, saw some baby cute. turkeys. Oh, for the first time cute. in my life. Yeah, good stuff. Real That's small. Really cute. They're they probably cute. have those yeah. at farms, too. Nah, probably not. Not cool. that I know. No. Of. I don't Just think it, I don't think any farm no. has ever had turkeys. Radnor gets before. very popular around Thanksgiving cuz that's where everyone's got to go to get their <laughs> baby turkeys. In Cookville, you can just stop on the side of the road and shoot some of them. And oh. cook them, because that's the name of the town, pretty much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I'll go ahead and go just to go. I uh I haven't been listening to a whole lot this week, but as we were thinking about groove stuff, because that's what we're going to be talking about, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the things that I listened to uh, was Tyson Motzenbacher's album, Letters to Lost Loves. In his name. In his name. In his name. I don't know if either of the three of you guys have ever listened to it but it is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, so it's definitely worth a listen. And I actually didn't use any of the songs from it today because I kind of feel like it would have done them a disservice <laughs> a little bit uh, because the grooves are so, like, this, the songs that I wanted to use, they're not in for the first half and then, like, come in and it just kind of okay. feels like a big deal, yeah. you know, when it comes in and makes the song really big and cool and stuff. But uh, his album, so he's a singer-songwriter, which most of the time I don't really care about singer-songwriters, which we talked about, I think, last week, um, where, you know, a lot of times it's just, I'm singing and writing a song and also have a guitar or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas he actually is, I, I've said multiple times that my like acoustic singer songwritery kind of stuff if it could sound like anything it would sound like this record hmm. um so it's it's worth checking out it's very ambient and there's like some strings parts that are neat and uh, fun chord chordy bits <laughs> <laughs> it's, cool. it's like they're songs but they have like notes yeah and mul- at the same time yeah. multiple notes yeah, at the same crazy. time wow. too, which is oh impressive. yeah those those chordy bits, the chordy yeah. bits. that's next week's episode right chordy, <laughs> chordy bits, bits. <laughs> chordy bits. Uh, yeah so long story short that's what I've been listening to and it's definitely worth checking out the, honestly I just started the first track on the album it's called in his name and it's this kind of it, it's just a great song. The whole album, for some context too, is about his um, his mom died of cancer. Like just a like, and that's what a lot of the songs on the album are about. But they're like so beautifully done, and it's not just sad. It's also like processing through it and how his mom helped him process through 
before she was dying, like processing mm. through her own mm. death, which is just crazy. Um, so lots of the songs will make you cry. Yeah. Mm. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just so good. So that's that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, but Tyson Mossenbarger, Letters to Lost Loves. That's Sweet. what I'm listening to. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, so back in like high school, I was aware of a band called Maps Analysis. Never really got into them. Um, it was years later, really, that I, I kind of started getting into their music and just sort of appreciating what they were doing. I think uh, in the beginning, uh, Dude's voice was a little bit uh, off-putting to me, and I I still kind of get that, but at the same time, I appreciate it a little bit more now for like the style of songwriting that they're doing. Anyways, all that to say, I've been listening to a lot of Maps Analysis this week um, because they've been teasing out some new, new music that's... I'm assuming coming out in the next couple months. Um, they've been re- they've released at least like three singles on Spotify and some different stuff. Um, but they're super good. They're like lo-fi math rock. Um, the guy's voice it really did grow on me. It's a lot more soulful now than I feel like I felt like it was in high school. Hmm. It's it definitely got kind of a nasy sort of style to it. But I don't know. It it works with their music and and uh, they've just got a lot of really interesting like rhythms and guitar parts and their drummers super super good um just i he stays on top of things in a way that i don't really understand how uh to do but that's what what happens when you play math rock but it's all like really (laughs) upbeat kind of happy songs and it's just a lot of fun um if you want to start somewhere with them i would say like artichokes off of you and me in the mountain it's a super good song um but really like their albums uh beware and be grateful and perch patchwork are super good they're just so good all the way through I really like the the lo-fi kind of sounds for technically proficient music, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to overly, I mean, so much math rock in particular tends to be just so perfectly produced and there's nothing wrong with that. But like when you get that more like (laughs) lo-fi grainy type sound, Mm -hmm. it just makes it sound more homemade and like, even though it's practically flawless, it's, it does (laughs) sound flawed and like more, I guess, raw and Mm -hmm. Which makes it more emotional and, yeah. and neater to listen to. to yeah, me. no, th- their music is definitely very like uh, rough around the edges. I mean, mm-hmm. like their their lead guy who sings and plays guitar um, very impressively, but he always plays these like beat up old silver tone guitars that mm-hmm. just sound kind of nasty. Like yeah. if you hear them by themselves, like they've got a uh, um, a KEXP show that if you watch like when you just hear his guitar by itself it's just like oh that sounds awful (laughs) (laughs) like it's so and it's so hard to hear in the mix but when you do hear it it's like that's a really cool part i kind of wish i could hear you a little bit better but that's such a hard thing because i i'm really bad at tone like that's not a forte of mine in terms of mixing and recording and Hmm. any of that kind of stuff just getting like good guitar tone that's like yeah that's awesome but i'll work really hard i feel like on the tone for one guitar and then when it gets in the mix of everything, it it's just gone. Doesn't even sound like anything particularly <laughs> yeah. great. So anything like that is always like, how do you how do you make the sound? You know, get mm-hmm. that tone specifically and be like, you know what? That's going to sound it sounds terrible right now, but it's going <laughs> to sound great when a lot of other things are in there. Like yep. that's 
that's tricky. <laughs> that's that's something that like I personally dealt with a lot because again, like I, I tend to play more like lead style guitar, mm-hmm. and so if you just hear my guitar by itself most of the time, some people feel like I have a really like ice picky tone or mm. just really really high endy stuff. But it's mm. it's pretty intentional because I know once I get in a band setting, mm-hmm. I don't need to have that much low end because yeah. if I'm only playing like past the twelfth fret most of the time, like <laughs> I mean, there's no, I don't need to have a ton of bass. It's not helpful yeah. for me. Yeah, right. And and especially like uh, if I'm playing with a keyboardist at all i like if i play anywhere past the seventh fret down mm-hmm. you're not going to hear it because yeah. there's a keyboard player right and yeah, that's exactly. like it's mass you think of them. it in like frequency spectrums mm-hmm. and so if if you're occupying this frequency spectrum or this like part of the frequency spectrum mm-hmm. uh any other instruments in that are going to kind of cover you up or you need to have a tone that sort of gets you out of that frequency it, yeah anyway totally. that's totally <laughs> not related to what we're talking yeah. about but though i will say something some bands can do that really well but we'll talk more about that later I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah so i've been going back kind of like parker this week and checking out and uh, kind of an older favorite it's definitely more recent but this was one of my top five of 2017 records uh it's a deeper understanding by the war on drugs that band out um they're very very good i got into the war on drugs probably around 2016 or so they they had had two or three albums out by then um and what really got me into them is that they sound so much like rod stewart it's (laughs) creepy like especially the vocals and some of the like like rhythm guitar work and stuff like that i don't know Um, who rod stewart is oh yeah you do (laughs) yeah you know who rod stewart is you think i'm sexy that's Uh, one of the ones uh, maggie may so, yeah, forever young. <laughs> forever young. Nope. I want to. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a different forever young. I don't even know. <laughs> I think I. I mean, I'm sure you guys are right. If I heard them, but man, I have no idea off the top of my head. But that's I'm sure right. we're right too. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. But anyways, Rod Stewart. Uh, my, Rod Stewart my was a huge artist in uh, the late '70s, early '80s, okay. and continued. Yep. I mean, like you know, he was a he was a hit writer. So, um, yeah. Tons, tons and tons of hits, but the War on Drugs came out, and obviously with a band name like that, I wasn't really interested because, and that's that's the tricky thing with band names now is mm. there's so many bad band names out there, and oh, I don't yeah. think the War on Drugs is a great band name, but they yeah. are a great band. I mean, mm. seriously, go back and listen to their album A Deeper Understanding from 2017, and there are some tracks on there that just absolutely blew me away. Um, the this one particular track, uh, the strangest thing. It it's just such a great. It's got like synth drums in it. It's very synth heavy, but there's still a lot of like really good ambient guitar work, like uh, almost post rocky guitar with like just an '80s backdrop. I mean, there's like you know T eight oh eight drum machines being used and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely fun and it's very very emotional. Uh, but it's got like this modern flair to it, which just makes it. I don't know, unique and something very, very special because I grew up on 80s music and I don't listen to a whole bunch of it now, but <laughs> uh-huh. just having that sound ingrained in my mind and like being able to find a band that like perfectly encapsulates that but still sounds like new. In my, so it's like better production on 80s music, really. Um, and it's very, very enjoyable. So, but anyways, uh, Guys, we have a guest today we sure who do. we've already introduced. <laughs> this is Cole. Uh, so we figured let's just ask Cole a couple questions, put him in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Is that seat uh, 
Is it is it toasty? Is it's, it is it's it? lukewarm? It's lukewarm. Oh, okay. So you got some work. I guess that's how you. Yeah, we could probably say it to be a little more be. intimidating before no. recording starts. We right. just talked to Cole as if we already knew him, <laughs> which we did. But it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah. What's what's your like background in music stuff? Um, do you play? Do you just really like music? What? Uh, where do you come from with that? Yeah, I play music. Um, I guess my primary instrument is electric guitar and um, I'm from a super small town where there aren't a lot of musicians so like by playing guitar I was automatically like a good guitar player because not really that many other people were playing guitar and being a small town in West Tennessee uh, I had to learn bluegrass if I wanted to play guitar so I started off did you yeah, like that's I how I started. Yeah, same as Chris Weird. and Ben uh, Parker, my old friends. That's they started funny. with bluegrass too. That's what I had to do, and the only person that taught it was like this old man named Lloyd who lived in the woods. And I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not playing. Like if you wanted guitar lessons, that's like you had to, he taught guitar and violin and banjo and mandolin, like Perfect. everything because nobody else did. He so was he, trying to start a bluegrass band yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was awesome though. He was really good, and so that's where I started. But then. Um, this is so weird, but I saw the movie School of Rock, and that was like my first exposure to like classic rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would like slow down the parts where Jack Black was teaching the kids, yeah. and like watch his hands, and then try to like mimic wow, what he was that's doing. Really cool. and so I, yeah. I like learned Smoke on the Water by watching uh, School of Rock, and that got me into in eighth grade. I was super into Guns and Roses. Uh, and that was like my first favorite band was Guns N' Roses. <laughs> um, and then since then, I don't know, I got into pop punk in high school and then a lot of indie rock in college. Um, I was in a band with Parker back in, back in our college days. We were in a folk yeah. band. Oh. I played drums in that band, but it was a good time. And now I'm in a band with Chad and Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> we don't have anything recorded or anything, but we're a band, I promise. <laughs> it's real. It's a real thing. <laughs> it happens. Do you want to hear voice memos? We've got that recorded. That doesn't quite count. <laughs> got plenty of iPhone voice memos. Insert voice memo. Right we should send Please those don't. to an engineer and be like, "Yeah, we just need these like master like whenever you can like hear the tracks." It's like 12k <laughs> like on the flip memory. side of that same thing there was uh back in high school i remember that when myspace was a big thing there was some myspace page that was advertising themselves as like we're mixing and mastering people which is a real thing but i didn't understand at the time mm-hmm. and so they would show like a before and after of stuff people had sent them and like this is what you sound like and this is how good it sounds like after we messed with it and i didn't understand the concept of being able to send like all of that individual tracks or the mm-hmm. whole session, you know, so they can turn up guitars and turn down drums or whatever, you know, if you don't know anything about that side of it. Cause I didn't apparently, even though I recorded my own stuff. So I was just like, how are they going to take this one mix of like all my stuff and yeah. make it magically sound a lot better? This is crap. Like this isn't a real thing. So I just, I mean, I didn't look into it any further cause I was like, this is yeah. a bunch of lies. No. Anyway, that's what I. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yeah. No, go for it. Um. Anyways, that's how I like grew up on music, and Mm -hmm. then as for what I've been listening to lately, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we can segue into that, is um I've been listening to a band that I've loved for a long time, and when these albums came out, I was super into them and listened to them so much that eventually I got tired of them. (laughs) But then when I hear them like a year or so later, I'm like, this band is still just as good as they always were, and I've been re-listening to the Fiance by the Chariot.
race yeah. from start to finish is like just perfect in my yeah. eyes. If I was on the transition episode, I would have played <laughs> They Faced Each Other and we would have played the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> because the format for that song is like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going. Just all they never things. play the same part twice and like their transitions are like they're math rocky, but they don't tend to care about like time signature or key or anything they just like <laughs> just flow. make the riff fit i have into no this idea <laughs> how they're as tight as they are like yeah. on records because they record their songs together like they all play live in a studio and it's just it's tight and i don't know how they do it i wonder if there's anything like uh listening to one of the emory guys podcasts again when um matt carter was talking about some of their songs where they do some of that kind of same stuff where it goes from one tempo into another tempo and it just all switches together. He pointed out that you wouldn't necessarily notice it, but the if you take the click, for example, it's in like, um, it, I don't know how to exactly say this right, but so the click is, you know, is on quarter notes mm-hmm. for the song. And then if you, the tempo that you change to, it's on the like, Mm. Uh, like the dotted quarter notes, mm-hmm. whatever. So it's like a relative. It's like the ratio of the tempos is two to three or whatever, mm-hmm. where they don't sound the same at all, but they're actually related. And so that's what makes them like feel good mm-hmm. as well as mm-hmm. just being different and flowing well and stuff. So I wonder if there's any kind of thing like that with the chair. But I mean, they do it so much that they couldn't do that for every time. Yeah, cause... I think that's what blows my mind. Is like I I think most of the time there's definitely parts of the songs where there's no way they've like separated these quarter notes into like triplets or whatever yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. they just like do something wild and they do so many like like gradual tempo changes where they get slower and like heavier like with no count in or anything i just mm-hmm. I have no idea mm-hmm. how they do it yep. it's incredible you'll hear in the example uh that i brought forth they go from like what's basically a verse into like not a breakdown but like an actual groove as opposed <laughs> to like all the noise they like to do <laughs> and like the way they transitioned into it is they just play like two chords they just diamond on both of them and then they're in it like in a matter of seconds it just i don't know how they get that tight i yep. wish i wish i was that tight <laughs> they're all just staring at each other in the studio <laughs> literally yeah. like probably yeah i'm sure like really wide-eyed yeah. just like is yeah. this what's happening yeah. is this what we're doing yeah i mean okay, and eventually cool. you just feel it i guess you yeah. know like yeah, yeah when you just play play somebody stuff together, so long you know yeah yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, cool. No, yeah, the chariot's really, really crazy. Uh, particularly from that album, there's, there's one like break where the vocalist is still just scream. Yeah, 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 that one exactly. (laughs) He just does this scream and then goes, and then they just go into a little another little section. And it's just, I, I think the first time I thought it, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, I don't really know what to think. But the more I hear that song, the more I'm just like. That's just really dope. Yeah, <laughs> super intense. I yeah. used to not be into hardcore, but the Chariot is the band that got me into hardcore, and it's kind of a it's I a pretty intense band. Yeah, it like, it's intense. Get you into like, hardcore. I just remember my friend showing me Evan Perks and saying, "Isn't this song funny? Because there's no rhythm. Like they just keep hitting their guitars over and over again, and he's screaming." And I was like, "Yeah, it is funny." It's also kind of hardcore, though. Like, I'm, I'm pretty into it. I was like, I think I'll buy the album. I found it for like a dollar at McKay's. Oh, and, yeah. and like start to finish, awesome album. Yeah. Like they're just, they're that good. They're so awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. guys. That's what we've been listening to this week. What do you think? What do you What do you guys want to do? You guys want to go, you know, grab a bite to eat? Yes. Do you okay. want to cuddle? Bye. But first. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Yes, what in the cuddle. world are we talking about this week? Something really good. Something really groovy. Right? Oh. Right? Oh, that was bad. I, I, it took me a week to write that joke. 
right. we're talking about Groove. We should note too. Last week we said that this week was going to be a topic recommended by a listener, and it was. This was recommended by Rob Hudson, who's uh, we've heard of that guy yeah. before. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he oh, recommended gr- talking about groove, and we were like, "That sounds really fun." So my, thank you, Rob, my boy, my best, my <laughs> yeah. best bud, specifically Matt's boy. Again, we've added yet another person to the group, and Matt is still the only person that has never met Rob Hudson. <laughs> So hey Rob. <laughs> Ironically, he's actually gonna, we'll oh, I wonder if that he's coming to town. Uh, he lives in Arkansas. He's going to We need to, to somehow and, make it so that you um, meet Rob. <laughs> so it's it's entirely possible we might be able to get him on, I don't know, depending on when he's here. Yeah. But Cool. Sorry. I look forward that to that aside. It, Rob. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about groove. <laughs> let's talk about groove, baby. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Everyone coming. All right. Uh so what is what is groove? What is uh that word? What does it mean? Uh, I I did some in-depth research here at dictionary.com. Ooh, I found ooh. a couple different definitions of the word groove. It's a rut that's made when a wagon wheel goes through a muddy... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Yep. True. That, w- that was the definition in 1893. <laughs> uh, the definition is still in Pennsylvania. Bit. Still <laughs> in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and when you play Oregon Trail. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Side note, have you guys played Oregon Trail? I've played... I recently... Recently, well, I say recently, about a year ago, I played the board game version. Oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah which yeah. I didn't know existed. Yep. But was it, it terrible? It was, it, honestly. <laughs> did you guys die a lot? <laughs> we played it and we didn't die at all. People. I think we really? did it wrong. Hmm. I really think we did it wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you made if you made good choices and like you kept all Not your people. Sure. Maybe you're just really good at it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're just really good at Oregon Trail. So anyway. Maybe Oregon Trail. <laughs> dysentery is scared of you. Ah, it surely is. <laughs> Oregon Trail, dis- check it out. Oh, whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> in, in stores now. So anyways, the definition of groove, uh, it had a couple different definitions on dictionary.com. The noun of groove is an established routine or habit, which I thought was very, very fitting to the definition of groove because when I think of groove in music, it's a very hard term to like, uh, nail down and say like no this is exactly what it is mm-hmm. i mean just like anything else in music it's subjective mm-hmm. so it's really hard to pinpoint okay like well when people say groove what do they mean do they mean like the baseline often when you hear a like a baseline that's syncopated with the drums or something people say okay that's groovy or does it have something to do with the tempo of a song maybe right. it does maybe it doesn't i'm sure we'll talk about that but mm-hmm. anyways the informal verb definition of groove was uh to dance or listen to popular or jazz music especially <laughs> that Perfect. with an that incessant very unpopular rhythm. jazz music <laughs> to popular or jazz <laughs> music <laughs> I, jazz. I had to write that one out because it was like popular or jazz which <laughs> yeah. sucks but you know nobody likes too. that stuff <laughs> um, only a fad <laughs> yeah that stuff, it's here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, flash in the pan, yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, so I want to ask you guys, what do you what do you think? What is, I mean, like when you when you hear groove or when somebody says like this song is groovy, what does that mean? I mean, obviously that term came to huge popularity in the 1970s when you know, disco was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, disco is groovy. That's, that's probably like to a non- super informed music fan they would say like oh groove like disco that's what that's what that is well we kind of i mean me and cole definitely said this before we started recording because it was funny like i was listening to most of the examples that i was picking or or just like things that i was thinking about as really like groove centric and it was very 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 dependent on 
bass and drums. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm, which I mean makes up like the rhythm section mm-hmm. of you know a traditional jazz kind of thing or just like a rock band or anything like that. And um, bass and drums are always that like really linking factor. And when they're super synced up, it tends to make it feel like something's moving or progressing yeah. mm-hmm. or, or has a groove. And so I feel like so much of like what is super groove centric music is usually very bass and drums oriented. And I think too, like when talking about the noun and the verb, I feel like the noun of just like the groove of something uh, feels really broad to where just pretty much any song, like if it's got any kind of a groove, like that's the groove and it's not, you know, <laughs> calibrating for anything. It's just saying like, yeah, it's just, that's the groove. Even if it doesn't feel like it's got much of a groove, it's mm-hmm. still, that's what it is. Whereas anytime within a musical context, you're talking about like, you know, it grooves or like it's groovy or whatever, and not in the mm. like groovy, like seventy <laughs> cents, yeah. whatever. Like it's it's kind of this hierarchical thing. Of, you know, something is more groovy than something else, or you want it to be more groovy or whatever. And so that's you know, in most of my examples, I was trying to find something that I felt like this has a really strong groove or a really deep groove, quote unquote, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think what it makes me usually think of is just like how much do I not like bop my head, but like how much of my body moves because I'm listening to this song yeah. and that's how much there is a groove to it. Well, here's here's where my issue came in and I thought a lot about this and it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I 100% agree. Like the the conclusion that I kind of came to was that groove is basically how hard does it make you dance? Like how hard does it make you, you know, tap your toes or like, you know, smack your knee a little bit or whatever you do, yeah. I don't know. But then I thought like, okay, what about like punk music? Like that makes you dance, but I wouldn't say punk music is groovy. Also, punk music is repetitive. It's the most repetitive kind of music that there <laughs> well, is. I, you really have to get into what kind of dancing you're doing at that point, then, yeah, because yeah. I mean, because I think thrashing dancing and, and like moshing, yeah, no, absolutely, and dancing <laughs> are not really the same thing. <laughs> so, like, if you're if you're at a, like a punk or a hardcore show or something, and you're moshing, like, does the song have a groove? Well, I've seen a lot of guys mosh where their main objective is punching kids in the throat. <laughs> right, but like, is there is there I any kind of rhythm what? punching kids in the throat? <laughs> there can't be you're good enough at it. Exactly. Hey, kid, you shouldn't be here. Everybody stand syncopated from each other. <laughs> uh, that's not even a thing. No, I just like yeah. I, 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 it, it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint because I, you know the majority of shows when people aren't moshing, they're what clapping, they're stomping along. <laughs> I don't know what are they doing. Like I just got this really great like because I've played shows where there's not a lot of people there, and so you've got like that one row, <laughs> and they're just like. <laughs> Oh, can we talk about the clappers on one and three? That's exactly. I was yeah. gonna say it's all white people clapping on one and three. Not that white people can't, or that other people can not also clap on one and three. But white people, you guys are super guilty sure. of clapping on oh, one yeah. and three. I used to work at the Grand Ole Opry, and I thought, oh, right. no. first of all, like when it comes to white people, like Opry's full of them every yeah. night, yeah. day in day out, and so. Like they would be a lot of bluegrass acts, like the people that wrote Rocky Top. They played there like twelve yeah. times when I worked there, <laughs> and I was always like astounded by the amount of people that probably listened to bluegrass their whole life. They're still clapping on that one and three. And oh yeah, I just couldn't help but think like, if anyone should know better, <laughs> you guys should know better, and they just don't. Which makes me wonder, like, 
if you literally, if you really don't know about music and you're going off the feel, does it feel more natural for those people yeah. to clap on one and three? I think they just don't know anything. I think yeah. they're they're literally just like this is a response. I think some people have, and so but I need to do something. something here's though. some. Here's my thought. Too. A lot of the time, the vocals will be on the one like we'll start on the one or mm-hmm. something important we'll start or on even the one. like a lead and right so, too and so they're just trying to exactly just trying to line up with that i'm guessing so, so like the song for some reason that you know, yeah the like song that came to mind that. was like everybody dance now and so if somebody's like oh it's gonna start it goes everybody dance now bum Bum, 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 yeah. which is, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but as opposed to for anybody, if that didn't sound super weird, it would, should be everybody dance now. Boom, 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 boom. And that actually has like a groove. When in doubt, right. follow the snare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Man, mm. but you're so right. Yeah, growing up in, <laughs> I so I, yeah, growing up in France and I went to a very international church and it was funny because I feel like, I mean, I was a kid, so I don't remember specifically, but I definitely feel like we had a lot of like British people and a lot of African people at our church. Like that was probably the main two demographics. And so the battle of the two where <laughs> British people are all like clapping on one of three and the African people are like, guys, get it right. <laughs> what you like, hear is just claps on yeah, every just claps on every <laughs> Everybody dance now. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, man, yeah. I feel like we'll probably, as we're giving examples, we'll yeah. extrapolate on some of those things. But I think so. There's man, there's so many different thoughts yeah. that yeah. could all happen. So yeah, will. let's let's get into it without any further ado. I think we should let the inaugural guest go first. Yeah. Let's yeah. bring forth his first example for us. Yeah, I guess for my first example, I'll go ahead and use. Uh, let's do "Don't You Ever" by Spoon. Mm-hmm. Um, they start the song off with a bass line. Yeah, that's groovy, <laughs> just like Chad and I talked about. Um, and I think when it comes to laying down really, really simple but very effective grooves, Spoon, for me, as far as like bands that I listen to, Spoon is unparalleled in that they keep things simple all the time, but it's always groovy and always on point. Um, so let's listen to that. I told you I can't make it split. Jim, can you record the talk back? Record that, Jim. That was very yeah. It's very groovy. groovy. And you know why? Because the bass line's grooving. Yeah. As soon as it starts, and then the drums, like they choose to keep it simple as well. I think a lot of times, like I'll hear artists that have like a solid groove, but maybe the drummer or somebody like plays too much. Mm -hmm. I think like a good solid groove is usually pretty simple. Um, It's easy to overcomplicate a groove, like do too Mm -hmm. much over it where you detract from it. I I totally agree. I I had the pleasure of seeing Spoon last year at Live on the Green, uh, and that was a very, very entertaining show. Um, but yeah, what, going back to what you said about like they're being super simple with the things that they do. Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, all of their records are just pretty, I guess, minimalistic, I would say. I mean, they, you know, they have yeah. more detail to some songs than others. And obviously not every song is as quote unquote groovy as that one. But the fact that it's so bare bones and it's completely revolved around that bass and the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you get, you know, like the egg shakers in there. So like the drums might be doing, you know, just one, one and three, 
like you know bass snare and that's all you really need to do a drum to do to like do a, a drum that's all you need to do a drum just do the drum <laughs> I'm gonna do the drum I said drum there because I almost choked and I was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna finish the word that I want to say I'll say drum <laughs> but like no like when you it's it, to me just because the drums themselves the actual drum set is doing something simple like doesn't mean that like you can add that little flair to add enhance the mm-hmm. groove with things like a tambourine or an egg shaker mm-hmm. and those are some of my favorite drum tracks is when you hear like you know no hi-hat being used or no cymbals yeah. being used but you get that you know the shaker instead and that's a perfect example in that song but i feel like i mean taking this song for example on the drums specifically the and it i can't remember exactly but it sounded like or in my memory of it the shaker instead of like just being like is more kind of a kind of a feel and i feel like just taking out that one 16th note or whatever Mm -hmm. instead of like it just helps their helps give it space and also like i feel like a lot of what groove is is uh kind of relying on anticipation Mm -hmm. to some degree too where things come in earlier than you think it should or a little bit later than you think Mm -hmm. it should and so that anticipation it sounds like those last two those are just kind of going into the, mm-hmm. yeah. the snare that comes yeah. next, you know? So it's building up to the next thing um, or something like that. That's a super know. important important point that we haven't brought up yet. Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Space yeah. is so important in any groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the anticipation of the next note instead of filling up every square, you know, inch of space with something, you know, you, you leave blank, not, you know, like the, the polyrhythms in the guitar there, you know, it's not bum, 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 it's bum, 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 you know, it's so like you get that space and it's very pleasant to the ear. Man, I've got so many thoughts and I keep forgetting what different ones of them are because I have new ones coming in my head. Um, there's just a lot of different aspects that I feel like go into it and it's hard to nail them down. But, um, yeah, space is a big deal. And then also just, I mean, like you said, the re- repetition too, that it's doing the same thing every time and you kind of know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like also songs where they break that every once in a while yeah. helps a bring the listener back in to where it's like, Oh, that didn't do it. Like I was getting mm-hmm. used to that. And then it brings the listener back in at which point, like you can gro- groove even deeper, um, <laughs> which that's Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> groove, Let two, us groove, groove deeper. <laughs> the new album from Parker deal. <laughs> groove even deeper. So yeah, that was, yeah, I don't know. That song was really groovy. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it yeah. a lot. No, it kind of tying off from that uh, that idea of space. I'll I'll go ahead and actually use my my second example, uh, which is Lingus by Snarky Puppy. Um, Snarky Puppy is one of those bands that just grooves kind of everything that they do, mm-hmm. um, because their bass player is super active and their drummer is just crazy and he's so amazing but in this example like the drummer's hands aren't really doing a ton most of the time but his foot is playing with pretty much everything the bass player does and it's it's just super cool there's just a lot of space and go ahead and listen to it Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they they have a huge band. 
Yeah, so the bass, the kick drum doesn't really follow the bass in the beginning section, but in that second section, it's it's a lot more tied with it. It's it's weird, like thinking about that. There's some songs, and the the drummer could play the same thing. Like, say there wasn't even all of the uh, syncopated stuff that the mm-hmm. bass part was doing, or mm-hmm. the drummer was doing, and in that same context, he was just going. Yeah. Somehow it would still have felt really groovy. Yeah. And yeah. like that's the thing that I'm tr- I've been trying to wrap my mind around is like a just anything that's in halftime like just can <laughs> yeah. feel really groovy yeah. if you're, you know, if, if it's you, slow enough and wide enough. <laughs> and some of that too is honestly just the milliseconds of delay or whatever of like not being exactly on the beat mm-hmm. with your, you know, the stuff you're playing on the kit, but um a lot of it with you what you said with space too is just implied notes mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah that I don't even know. I mean, one of the songs with the Tyson Motzenbacher one that, I, again, I didn't get a clip for because I didn't want to because <laughs> I want people to just listen to it. Um, there's The drummer is playing just one, t- like, yeah, it's just playing kick on one, snare on three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really doing that much, but the rest of it is all just implied. And it's partly because other instruments like the guitar is doing a lot of upstrokes, like right before the kick. And so it, it gives it this feeling of like, you know, Oh, maybe it's not in four, four, but really it's in 12, eight. So it's like a lot of little triplets in there instead of it just being like, you know, (laughs) very straightforward. I don't know. It's interesting because like going back to what you said about like the, like the the a lot of triplets in there and like the the upstrokes that the guitar is doing. What I noticed about that song and what I noticed about a lot of groovy songs is that the the amount of attention that's paid to the accents, like the one mm-hmm. and two and three and mm-hmm. four and instead of just one, two, you know, or yeah. you know, one, two, three, four, two, uh-huh. which can be groovy. Yeah. But you know, it's like like the drummer isn't do he's he's not hitting the hi hat on the one. It's only on the and. You know, it's the one and two and three and four. So which or even again like leaves that leading space. into it. it I, like you get that sense of motion when, right. when you've got. Uh, it's not just like, but it's yeah. And like yeah. you have a, an obvious lead into like the bigger notes. Um, yep. I don't know. It just kind of pushes you forward the whole time. The the Pliny song that I played. Uh, when we did bass parts, oh, yeah. I, I regret having waited <laughs> or having used that one at that point. Cause like that every time I thought about it, it was like, but that song would have been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that but song whatever. has a very similar feel to this song, like yeah. stylistically. Right. I mean, there's I think so. guitar work yeah. is totally right. In a no, different but place. same kind of thing, but same kind of feeling of, of that accents at kind of weird times and yeah. And having to still feel like you're in some sort of structure. But. Yeah. Yep. I'll go ahead and uh, play one of mine too. This is cough, cough by everything, everything, which is just mm-hmm. funny that both of those are repeated words. Um, they're really good. They're um, super groovy band. Yeah. They, they're very much are and this song so it's the chorus most of the song is not in halftime or whatever and then this chorus is and it's it's really groovy so uh, i'll just play it and we'll listen to it and talk about it feel like i'm curious to hear you guys thoughts too Mm -hmm. but one of the things that i think that it does really well is kind of that thing where it subverts expectations a little bit um where in the 
so it does that bit four times, I guess, you know, if you look mm-hmm. at it in four repeats of the same um, chord progression or whatever. The third and fourth one, instead of just doing the same drum bits and staying on the hi hat, it goes mm-hmm. to. Oh, yeah, that triplet yeah. on the snare there. Yeah. And it comes back into it later. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I feel like as a listener, you don't necessarily, you know, so it's doing something a little bit different. But then when the hi hat comes back in, it brings you right, like more, it, it helps you pay more attention to kind of the groove that's going on Agreed. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also, it's doing a lot of the. Like yeah. having the kick right before the snare and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and the bass and kick mm-hmm. are, are doing the same kinds of things. I don't know. So yeah. all those things. There's something about like drummers who can uh, have that like established groove and then do fills that maybe don't really necessarily like fit super well into the structure of the song that they are or like the 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 beat that's happening, but still come in back on the one. Mm. And there was a drummer I used to play with at a church in Cookville and he would just have fills sometimes where it's like, I don't know where the beat is anymore. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a good enough like a musician to know where the beat is and what you're playing. I'm gonna like keep playing what I was and hope you come back around to the one. And he always would. Like uh-huh. he, he would event like what no, no matter what crazy thing he was doing, he would just like hit a crash on the one and be back. And yeah. it was just like, man, you're really good because you can do that. <laughs> like, yes. if I started doing God knows what and just all this like crazy off time stuff, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know where the one is anymore. But he did. And this guy, that's the feeling that I get from this is he's doing fills and it's just like, oh yeah, you're just kind of doing whatever you want. And then like, as long as you hit the one, it's fine. It's just jazz. Yeah. yeah. And therein lies the danger. And that, that, yeah, because like if you, you can be the greatest drummer in the world, but if you miss that one, yeah. then, then what you just did went from awesome to really bad. Really bad. Or if at the same time you overestimate the other player's ability to keep yep. it up, yeah. or you do something that's so weird that even if they could keep up the right tempo, yeah. they get distracted by what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, that makes it tricky because then they get lost. You're back on one. You're like, "Where'd you go?" And they're yeah. like, "I'll even go as far as say." I'll even go as far as say that, like, when a drummer does that and they they overdo it, like some drummers tend to do. That to me is like the equivalent of a lead guitarist that's just like wanking for a while. Like, it didn't oh, just a look lot. at what I can do. As long as I hit the one, like yeah. I'm just gonna do whatever I want. Just fill, fill, fill. This guy uh, didn't do that all the time. No, no, like, no, it, certainly it, not. It, yeah, no, it, it was really tasteful. But it, there would be like one time every couple of months or whatever that'd be like, oh yeah, I, he did one of those fills where I just <laughs> yeah. had to ignore him completely. And but. I gotta say, this podcast uses the word wank like really, <laughs> like, really casually. Like you guys had, you even had a discussion about it, and I think the three of you like really like, use that word more we than just most really enjoy people. It's fine. Like I'm not like gonna stop it, listening, it's but just I mean, it's such just, a good reflection of what some people do to their instruments. It's also like it's kind and that's of about like, bodies and about music. It's kind of like metaphorical because like if you like think you're that awesome, like you might as well be like jerking yourself off, like thinking you're playing like a solo. Like I'm so good. Like, yeah, yeah, it no, makes yeah. sense, but. It's ego stroking. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> we could have used that song for Groove too, "Stroking" by Clarence Carter. I don't know that song actually. <laughs> I guess, which brings up uh, a side note of pop songs, hmm. often are very groovy, and like yeah. I don't listen to a ton of them personally, just because that's just not what I listen Can to. Can you as give much. us a recent example? Um, all of them. That, <laughs> that, that bass line that you use in the bass episode, that was a pop song, was it not? That was groovy. Um, was oh, it? I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's a more recent song. Which Probably. Oh, oh, yeah, Charlie Puth. Yeah, um, Charlie Puth. Uh, Tension, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, I mean, 
you know, Ashley, my wife, listens to a lot of my wife, my listens wife. To a lot of <laughs> pop music, and uh, obviously hip hop is very groovy and stuff um, a lot of the time. And that's something that some that I've heard people say is that pop music typically fluctuates by more or less a decade or whatever of being more lyric focused to being more groove focused back to more lyric focused and like kind of flip flops between the two. Um, I would say that it's always lyric focused. Yeah. Well, if it, uh, but then in there's my opinion, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> wait, really? I would say it's always not lyric. Focused. Yeah. Like, really? What do you mean? Like, uh, I mean, lyrics that are easy to grasp and okay, that yeah. people yeah, can like right. sing yeah, along yeah. to. That makes yeah. sense. I think so in the sense of, um, I don't know, like that in, if you think about the early 2000s, like Skater Boy, like that's a very lyric focused song. Like, not to say they're good lyrics necessarily, but they're very like these are. Well, it's, it's a story song. Here, it yeah, exactly. A story. Here's, yeah, and so true. that and that era really was a lot of lyrics and stuff. And like yeah. the musicality, the groove to it was like, all right, this is fun music or whatever. And then you take a song, um, I mean, like a Taylor Swift song or whatever, a lot of them. The newest ones, I'm sure some people would argue like, no, she's got great lyrics because she yeah. used to do country writing and stuff. And yeah, she, <laughs> sure. But but her pop, when she changed from country music to pop, it was, the primary change was the music of it, obviously. Yeah. Not, you know, so much the lyrics. Yeah. And, um, and, ooh, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. <laughs> Did it look what you made me do? Like, yeah. that's not, you know, very lyric-based, but there's a strong groove to those songs. Uh, whether it's a song that you like or not doesn't, you know, is somewhat irrelevant, but it's very groove-focused at the same time. Um, yeah. Maybe not that song specifically, but... I think there's a... I, I don't know. I don't... Obviously, I don't disagree because there's a whole wide world of, <laughs> you know, big pop songs out there, but I don't know. When you were talking about Taylor Swift's, like, dramatic change and, like, how the lyrics just suddenly got so less... Like the song got so less focused on the lyrics. What came to mind was the like pretty much any song by Rihanna. I guess like she has a song. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's called Work. Is it called Work? Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, work, and work, 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 work. Yeah. You just, okay. <laughs> so she thing. goes from saying Work, 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 Work to Dur, 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 Dur. <laughs> it's literally it is that because if you watch like the lyric video, like the official like uh-huh. Rihanna like Vivo channel like lyric yeah. video, it really is like Dur, Dur, Dur. Like, that's, <laughs> Literally what she's saying, it's in the subtitles on the video. But the disadvantage of that song, I can forgive that song for its horrible, like, not even thought about lyrics. Like, somebody just wrote (laughs) the word dirt down and said, oh, that's a song. Well, you're always going to have outliers. And and I mean, again, because there's that, uh, oh, shoot, who is that girl's name? Also, Uh, the newest Kanye song, apparently, right? Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking of uh, You a Stupid Ho. Yeah, Scoop to Doop or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But You a Stupid Ho, it was that. Oh, Ludacris. No, it wasn't Ludacris. You're not talking about Use a Ho? No, it was was a more recent song. It, It was a girl singer. Oh, man. A girl singer. Ariana Grande. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think it was Ariana Nicki Grande. Minaj. It may have been Nicki Minaj. Adele. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Adele. Adele. Adele's recent, Adele's recent ballad, Oprah. Use yeah. a Stupid Ho. Probably Oprah. No, but I mean like 90% of the lyrics in that song were You a Stupid Ho. And nice. like, again, I'm not saying that songs have always been focused on good lyrics, <laughs> but repeatable and like will get stuck in your head, right. which is exactly what you talked about, about Kanye's uh, mm-hmm. Scoop. Like, yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's stupid, but, but I like... So at work, we I work for like, 
how can I say this like quickly? I work <laughs> for like a tech department and we build and program electronics. And so we test them all on our bathroom in our department at work. And so we change the music in the bathroom all the time. And we put <laughs> Kanye's new song in there mainly because it's, it's funny that like his verse is literally like scoop diddy whoop scoop diddy poop doop like stuff like that. That's literally it. And like I remember like I love Kanye. Like one of my five favorite artists is Kanye and like that song like he has me up until that part and like I don't know what he's up to nowadays or what he's doing. But that part although it's like dumb as hell like it I like I hear other people that visit our bathroom walking around just mumbling like scoop diddy whoop <laughs> like to themselves and I think you know it's stupid but people are humming it this is ear candy why is it's that stupid yeah, ear man. candy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so oh. I don't know what that has to do with groove but <laughs> yeah we kind of got onto a pop <laughs> yeah. music tangent transition back fine, into yeah. good music <laughs> <laughs> groove <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. a fan. Has everybody? Has uh, everybody Matt, what you? Oh, geez, Louise, I didn't go. This is your time. Oh, it's my time to shine. <laughs> time to shine in uh, the sun. Like. I went back to simple for my first pick. Um, simple plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a back skater boy. She says, "See you later, boy." <laughs> oh, wait, that's not simple plan. <laughs> Sorry. Being a skater boy was a simple plan. Simple we got it. Okay. It's just like that band that like uh, like a lot of pop punk from like when we were in high school. I assume we're yeah. all similar age. <laughs> when we were in high school, it was like like. Uh, I mean, still like not cool. Like, oh, no, no, yeah. older, but simple plan like never get about how like dweeby <laughs> they were or like how like not cool it was. Like simple plan was like we're definitely making this music for this group of people, <laughs> and like I just don't believe that. Anything. And that's what made it cool. <laughs> yeah, and there it was. I don't know. Simple plan's funny to me. Just mm, the most yeah. like cliche. Like oh, I'm yeah. a teenager and I'm angsty for no reason yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love simple plan I feel you. Like <laughs> so anyways <laughs> anyways uh yeah like i said earlier i thought a lot about the definition of groove and i mean at first like throughout the whole week my my picks were like you know the obvious ones i guess like your stevie wonders and your james browns yeah. and because uh, uh, you know along with growing up on classic rock i listened to a lot of motown and you know like a lot of the early 60s and 70s soul and that's kind of where, in, in in my eyes, groove originated um, in, in music. You know where where the drums and bass became very prominent. But uh, I, I then I kind of thought about the 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 definition that I looked up and like the the whole repetition idea and things repeating. And, and yeah, I I don't know. I guess that's very very true. And one song that I thought would be a good fit where the drums and bass are extremely simple. It's literally just. <laughs> Uh, floor tom, you know, syncopated with the kick and snare. Boom, cha, boom, cha, boom, cha. And that's the simplest you can possibly get. Um, but the the repetition comes in with the guitar, the lead guitar in the song. And this is a song that kind of transitions from a, like, I guess a less groovy song to the end. And again, I'm still struggling as to whether or not this is even a groovy song. <laughs> but when I thought of that term, like repetition, and like that's part of what, in space, and that's how like make, that's what makes a groove a groove. I thought of this song immediately. So we'll go ahead and play it. This is Surfer Blood, and the song is called Anchorage.
So yeah, the the reason that I picked that song, I I'm still not sure, but like the if you notice there, the guitar solo, quote unquote, is just repeating lines of the same guitar. You know, it's it, it, he's just doing the same lick twice, and then he moves on to a new one, and that to me just kind of summed up like. Yeah, that's what groove is. It's like it's a riff, or it's a uh, it's it's doing the same thing twice to get it ingrained in the listener's mind. Um, and yeah, Surf for Blood is any rock band that I you know really fell in love with in college. Uh, this this song is off the album uh, Astro Coast. <laughs> I almost said Astro Lounge, which is Smash Mouth. <laughs> same band, real groovy. Yeah. Pretty much same. Man. I mean, I I would say that's a pretty Somebody. groovy album. No. Oh, nope. man. No. Not that's today. a side Not note. Today. That's a today. social experiment. Go up to a group of people and just sing somebody and see. Uh, typically, like uh, two people will go, once, to nope. No. Oh. Here's why I didn't do it. I don't want to so give you the gratification. There was a guy I used to work with that did that. Like, <laughs> and he like, he spent about a week just trying it over oh, and over no. again. Oh, man. And eventually, by, okay, like, that's too much. by like Wednesday, as soon as someone started, I was like, nope. Uh-uh. Like, we're not doing this. <laughs> not like, right don't now. Don't start it. Oh, don't appease him. Leave him alone. Let him do his social experiment. Yeah, let it's him not gonna work stew today. in his filth. It's uh, okay, fine. so if that doesn't work, another social experiment that's not music-based at all, but is a lot more low-key, is ask somebody what a goatee is and huh. see if they ever, which they never do, can explain a goatee without using their hands. Like every time they'll be like, it's a beard, but it's like, you know, just like, it's just right around here, like around your chin and and they'll always use their hands. Like they'll, nobody will ever be like, yeah, it's like a beard, but only a mustache and just your chin. Sometimes it connects. Like, Have you ever seen a goat? <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. So that was uh, very much an aside. It has nothing to do with the I would say contents of the podcast. It's pretty groovy. If I had to, it's, goats are it's goatee. Groovy. It's not quite a goat. <laughs> wow. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Is this, is this dad jokes the podcast? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I we should the probably jokes. take a break on yeah. that note. Yeah, well, absolutely. I have to pee. <laughs> as Good do deal. most of us probably yeah all right uh yeah on that note let's let's pause i guess i don't know yeah. a, can we press the pause button sure hey what's up everybody right now you are listening to the song drown by the band island wren and that's spelled w-r-e-n and this is actually the band cole mentioned earlier when he said that he and i were in a band together uh he was in a band with chris godley and ben godley who are two identical twins who are good friends of ours and uh i joined the band a little bit later so right towards the end of the college years we were all in this band together and it was good fun and so, yeah, that's what you're checking out now. I will say the band's actually not active anymore, so I'm not promoting it for any future kind of stuff, more just for, you know, your enjoyment if you want to go listen to it and check it out. Uh, there's still some music up on Bandcamp and on SoundCloud, I believe, and uh, also, you know, Spotify and iTunes and all those. So feel free to go listen to the album if you'd like to. You can buy it on Bandcamp, I think. And any of that money, I'm pretty sure just goes to either Ben or Chris, who are mainly the two original guys. So, uh, you know, you'd be supporting them. But, uh, yep, it's just some fun stuff. So feel free to listen to it if you want to. But otherwise, we'll, you know, we'll get back to the show.
play bass better with my pants off. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's all I mean. Yeah. I just, ironically enough, I feel like I'm more in the pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, without pockets. Without pockets. Yeah. It is what what it is. Being yeah. free of external pockets makes you more yeah. in the internal pocket. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the metaphorical pocket. Is that Descartes? Yeah, probably, yeah. It's Descartes Go Pants. I'm pretty sure it's Descartes. Mario Descartes. That's that's probably where we Dad should stop. Podcast. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, it's game time. What? Welcome to Monday Night Football. John's <laughs> defensive tackles. What was that team song? That was the like Monday Night Football. Oh, thing. I have obviously never watched sports in my entire living. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was 20th Century Fox. I for thought a it was too. <laughs> when you hear yeah, yeah, no. Brum yeah. yeah, no, yeah their their theme has similar hits. It's yeah, true. Is also, it? the 20th Century Fox intro to the Simpsons movie is probably one of my favorite things. Where it's Ralph Wiggum comes out. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's completely off key and it's so funny. Like the start of that movie, I was just cracking up from the beginning. Have you guys ever noticed, like when you were watching the? I really like the 20th Century Fox logos that they do, where the one is for uh, Alien. If you guys have watched any of the Alien movies, because they don't, they those are made by 20th Century Fox, but. Mm -hmm. They don't do. They play the whole fanfare, except they don't play the last note. So it's like, hmm. ba ba ba, and it ends on like that that completely bad like oh. string. So it's like very unsettling from the get go, which is super smart. And the other one that I really like is the X Men intros. Like, so if you're watching it, because it's also those movies are also done by 20th Century Fox. So like they play the whole fanfare, but then you're watching like the big 20th Century Fox, and everything goes black except for the X. It hangs on like a, uh, uh, like yeah, a yeah. millisecond longer, yep. and then it disappears. I've, I've noticed that, and for then sure. it plays like the, the like, <laughs> yeah, like out the outro of the fanfare. So fun, very smart on Fox. Is it weird that the new Star Wars movies <laughs> you don't get the fanfare before they play the? The, Never noticed. The, you mean? I mean, uh, the, like you which, guys, which fanfare yeah. are you talking about? Do you like, mean the 20th Century Fox? So, oh so no, I don't care about that fanfare. I care. I would care more if they didn't do the like. Okay, so did you see Rogue One? Yeah. Was that weird that they that you didn't get the opening crawl? No, I thought it was entirely uh, intentional and well yeah, done of course, because yeah. of the fact that it's not like a mainline Star Wars film. Yeah. Sure. If it had been part of the main trilogy and they didn't do that, it would be like, well, that's kind of weird. But the fact that it was this mm-hmm. kind of like separate entity mm-hmm. made by somebody else and, and everything about that movie was sort of against yes. the, the the normal trilogies and the normal things because all of the themes weren't John Williams themes. Yeah. Right, exactly. They, w- they would be similar, but they wouldn't be quite the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I thought it was really I agree, intentional. I saw, I saw Solo over the weekend oh, yeah. and yeah. felt the same thing yet. where it was like, I I was like, I've I wonder it's if really it's going to do the... And it didn't. And I was mm-hmm. like, makes sense that it didn't? Sure. Sort of feels a little bit... Uh, not lackluster, but like, ah, like it's fun when it does, but I agree yeah. that it shouldn't have. So yeah. like both sides, <laughs> I don't know torn. to me when I saw the force awakens in theaters for the first time, I wasn't, ex- obviously I was not expecting the 20th century Fox fanfare, but it was a little weird just seeing like the Lucasfilm logo pop up and it was just silence. And the the reason, and this is just a little fun fact. Oh, so you meant specifically the 20th Century Fox yeah. fanfare? Yeah, yeah. Before. Oh. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. So okay. uh, the reason that it sounded weird to me, 
I found out later was because John Williams based the Star Wars opening theme off of the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Huh, really? He oh, wanted God. them to be together because he he also composed that, but he wanted Star Wars to follow immediately after that to be like, you know, this grand finale. It was supposed to be like this this big, you know, Mm-hmm. Finish to the 20th Century Fox fanfare, and that's huh. where the Star Wars that's theme very comes from. I didn't know that, that is very interesting. So I don't know. So to we got me, a game, a huh? Yeah. So <laughs> that thing about tangents. On, hold on. <laughs> As the guest, did you like Solo? Did you I guys like Solo? Yet. I, like, I haven't Solo. seen it yet. Oh, you've all, you're only I liked it. it. I liked it. I'm gonna say I this. I'm really gonna go see it this week. It's a fun movie. Yeah. If you're like one of these Star Wars nerds that like it doesn't fit the canon, it's whatever. I don't care. I just want want anything in that universe. Give me everything Star Wars that you can. I just put it in my body. I do think it's interesting because Ryan Johnson has a is gonna have his own uh, trilogy, right? I'm pretty sure. Supposedly, um, yeah. I'm pretty, uh, yeah. Really? That's what they say. Yeah. Um, no way. But yeah. it's not going to be a Skywalker saga. It's in the Star Wars universe, but separate. So huh. what I'm curious about with that is Rogue One and Solo still feel like Star Wars esque movies because they're part of the lineage, even yeah. though they don't have Jedi in them. Yeah. And that's yeah. like a big thing that feels like a Star Wars movie is, and that the uh, that the prequels really kind of. Did mm. too much of like there's mm-hmm. way too much Jedi. They're like people like this. Let's do it a time. Yeah. CGI. Um, George Lucas said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good point. And so, yeah. um, but so Rogue One and Solo don't have any Jedi in them, and so you know still feel like Star Wars movies because of the context of them. But mm-hmm. I'm curious with the Ryan Johnson trilogy if it's separate in the Star Wars universe. A, will there be Jedi? B, if there's not, will it still? How Star Warsy will it feel? I want I to know. say I think I think it's good that he's making his own trilogy because The Last Jedi did not feel like hmm. a Skywalker I haven't saga seen it. movie. Don't say a whole lot. Okay. I haven't seen yeah, it. You haven't seen The Last no, Jedi? No, no. I love I know it's really stupid because like I love Ryan <laughs> Johnson. Like I love Looper and I love Brick hmm. and like I, he's an awesome director, but I haven't seen it yet. But I have seen Solo. How did you not see The Last Jedi? I know because like I don't I don't ever go to the movies, and I'm about to start because here's why. All right, I went to the (laughs) God the Hollywood. I hate Movie Pass. Don't talk to me about that. I went to Hollywood 27 recently, and they have recliners. One of the like some of their theaters have reclining seats. I made fun of all my friends who were like, "I'm never going to another movie without recliners." I was like, "You guys are bougie." Like (laughs) that's not the point. I went and it was awesome. That theater serves beer and the seats recline, and I was like, "This is this is the The way to watch." So yeah, I'm about to do that, and I'm probably since I just saw Solo, I'm now in like a Star Wars mood, Mm -hmm. and so I'll probably watch that pretty yeah, soon yeah the last that's, jedi that's fair i i grew up like loving star wars and loving that world and obviously the prequels are terrible um but no they're, come they're, on they're, no come dude on. okay so man we have totally derailed it <laughs> fine with it to an extent my quick thing is just yeah my it just quick didn't thing fit in is, the groove it, of star wars it didn't <laughs> fit in the groove of star wars <laughs> uh, but it's because george lucas had too much power yeah, like right, nobody right. would say no to him the the original trilogy was so good because it's like George had this vision, and that's great. And like, he obviously has a great imagination. Came up with all this stuff, super cool. But people were like, "No, that's a terrible idea," because he wasn't like an established moneymaker right. yet. By the time they got to the prequels, it was like, "You own this 
huge multi like billion dollar franchise that you created out of your mind space and so we can't say no to you and you like right. if you watch behind the scenes yeah. stuff from that it's people just going like oh yeah we should I mean, do would that you yeah. say Can no you... to him though like well, no, look at him i wouldn't like, but i, I mean like so. that's the problem when you give somebody that much like control over something and especially when they're kind of a goofy dude like yeah. they're gonna make bad movies and he, sure. he kind of did <laughs> and to tag on to that too i think it's half that that he you know uh, that people were afraid to say no to him and then the other half was after the Christmas special, he because he relinquished too much of the rights to yeah. a bunch of random people that like Cirque du Soleil on a bunch of stuff. So where it was like, oh, it's just that's what we've been doing with the other stuff is, you know, kind of spreading the love. And it's been working out great. And then he did that with the Christmas special and it turned out terribly. Horribly. So then from that, I think he learned um like I can't let anybody do anything with this. Mm-hmm. And so A, he had the power to be able to do that. And B, I think if it weren't for that movie, he might have still seen like, oh, it was good when I let, you know, like directors be directors and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. be. Um, but yeah, that uh, yeah, I think, the Christmas special's pretty rough. <laughs> I think the second half of Revenge of the Sith is better than the majority of any other Star Wars that there is. Wow. Any other Star Wars content, period. I rewatch the prequels. I really do as this, well. This debate, like yeah. people mm-hmm. like millennials like mm-hmm. debating about prequels and sequels. <laughs> Like I, I was seven when I watched episode one. I, I was, was like, Jar Jar Binks is the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was Jar Jar for Halloween, so I'm with you on that. One. Like <laughs> as a second it's grader, Jar Jar it's true. Beans. But there, I there watched was... them all as a kid, yeah. so they were all awesome. And like, yeah. I have no idea what to think Dude, as an adult. That's about the whole the point. Yeah. That's that's the thing that most people miss is that those movies were made for kids. Yeah, we love Jar Jar Binks. We all been, did. Is the is the right. point of yeah. some other folks? But and also, I think. Um, they had a lot of good things in them, but then also just added a lot of uh, added like Jar Jar Banks some fluff that was really dumb or whatever, and then also really yeah the micromanaging stuff where you know let's specifically get Anakin to do this exact face at this time and all that like when yeah. uh, when I think George Lucas edited it himself as well or like at least was there watching the whole thing and he like clipped specific bits together like way too hmm. micro editing everything yeah. and it was really dumb and stupid um that he did that not necessarily that the movies overall were but hmm. we're super off topic but interesting <laughs> thoughts on that there are varying opinions <laughs> and we share various amounts of them um <laughs> so anyway, we music? have a game <laughs> that's about music after things. literally 10 minutes of talking about star wars <laughs> hey guys we're gonna play a game yeah. Uh, there won't be any more Star Wars talk, and if you do talk about Star Wars you in this podcast, you will lose. Uh, let's oh, go I over the scores. The game, by the way. Oh, jeez, <laughs> man! I've had a really good like twelve year streak going on. <laughs> so would you would you be comfortable in saying that now Chad has the high ground? <laughs> Boo! You can heck right off. Uh, anyways, right. uh, what's this? Let's let's update our audience on these scores. All right, Cole, do you remember uh, what our scores are? Yeah, Chad's got 12 U.S. dollars, and Chad... Uh, wait, did I just... I have two different scores. Chad, <laughs> he pointed at Parker and said, Chad, yeah. Parker is me. Man, I could have so got, got away with it you if I told myself. For meddling, you crazy. <laughs> if it weren't for you menacing kids, they just all got grimaces <laughs> on their face. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get you, What is Parker? Here's what I'm going to say. Like As of right now, are you guys going to have a guess like every week? Uh, mm, not every week. No, Intermittently. Not. Either way, 
Um, in our hearts, we your will. Your scores are reset to zero today, <gasps> and then every guest is playing for a guest score. Ooh. So, like, I'm not playing for my score. I'm playing for the guest score, and right. you guys are going to hold on to these scores you have mm-hmm. today, Schmeckles, but whatever. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, like, I'm pretty sure Schmeckle is like a Jewish term for the penis. Is anyone okay, else so on no, board? Well, my wife literally said this. I, yeah, so, I'm on board. I've never used it for that, necessarily. <laughs> Um, I specifically sh- know it from Ricky, Rick and Morty. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I was referencing. Like just schmeckles. It is. So we looked it up afterwards because we <laughs> had is, that conversation. It? it is somewhat of a Jewish term for uh-huh. just like an idiot. It's oh. actually a Yiddish word. Oh. Um, and there's actually like an all female trans band called Schmeckles. <laughs> really? So that's Hi, sure they're not a Rick and Morty corner. inspired band? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. All, uh, all Jewish can trans. I guess, can I guess on that episode when you guys do all trans bands for like your cool bits? I want to be in that episode. Yeah, I definitely want to be a part of that Two one. bands. Yeah. <laughs> that hmm. band and Schmeckles maybe a Montreal. <laughs> well, yeah. They're not all I think trans. there's more bands so, than you'd think. I'm probably. Sure. Oh, so. I'm sure. I just don't know them. <laughs> all right. So, so anyway. Uh, we're going to play 3, 2, 1. This game we'll Or 3, 2, 2.5, we're just gonna call us three two one i got more picks than last time uh so if you haven't listened to last week's episode shame on you i guess uh shame. turn this off now shame. uh so the way that this game works is i have a couple songs that uh i'm gonna play clips of and it's up to chad parker and cole to guess who the names of <sighs> dope so uh, the first song that I'm going to play is three seconds long. No, okay. th- I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely guess the song. song that's three seconds the, long. The example of the song that I'm going to play is three seconds long. It is not a three second long song. I don't know if any of those exist. Maybe they do. I, yeah. Assuredly. It does. Sure. Um, and it, to make a note too, you pointed out last week when we did this, mm-hmm. it's the first three seconds for anybody who missed last week. All right. Thank you so much, Parker. Oh, you're welcome. I've thrown a... Magnificent oh, no. twist in this oh, one. No. no longer will you get the first seconds of these songs. I have implanted oh, no. random bits oh, no. from each song. That might be better, actually. Anarchy in the streets. I think it's so. not Hopefully just a hat clap. I think so. Uh, I, I didn't do it to make it harder. I just did it because. Um, again, Wait, is it completely what? random? Like you just picked. Ran- yeah. You're like, oh, here. Oh man, I ho- I was hoping you were gonna be like, it's like the beginning of the chorus. I mean, I something. listen to them. Like okay. I I know what they are. So if you guys need help, I can help you out. But um, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll be able to. <laughs> yeah. uh, for the I'll, I'll say for the most part, these are these are pretty random bits uh maybe you'll get the beginning of a song maybe you won't i don't know mm. maybe you'll get the end of the song maybe you'll just get the quiet part of the song before it starts and you'll have to Perfect. guess that you won't get that uh but anyways <laughs> the first one is gonna be three seconds the next one is gonna be two and a half seconds then it's gonna be two seconds 1.5 seconds one second and for our grand finale i'm going to play half a second of a song and if anybody gets it please let me all know all the schmeckles are belong to you all, <laughs> yeah yep, you will get Gross. all the schmeckles <laughs> All the idiots are belong to Cole. <laughs> but maybe it's easier than I think. I don't know. Like I said, I've heard we'll all these ones. Out. We'll find out. Anyways, here we go. You guys ready? I'm ready. so ready. All right. So kind the of. first song is three seconds of the song. And I'm going to ask this again. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the song called? Uh, shoot. I, I forgot last the name. Week, but I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I forgot the name of the song. Oh, I'll okay. play along and see if I can get it. Cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Here it goes. And I feel... Okay. <laughs> it it definitely sounds like Mumford and Sons. Yep. Mm. I'm with Parker. Um, mm. It's uh it's I will wait. 
This one's for you, Chad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Chad. It's like, I got nothing. It is, I will wait by Mumford and Sons. Man. Is there, there a process go. for like, we raise our hands, we don't have buzzers. No, if just, I yell, just scream. Sometimes they're collaborative too, to where yeah. Yeah. We, we help not. each other Nothing's out. collaborative. <laughs> That's where we split the points. Yeah, for the yeah exactly. down the middle. That's yeah. where you get 18 snorkels. Guess against yeah. the world. Snorkels. Gragafans. All right. That was fast. Yeah, that was. That was yeah, way to go. Bravo, Cole. Get on star. Just jump right in then. All right, the next song. I'm playing for you. This, this one's for you all. It's for the little people. Anyway. Uh, the next song is two and a half seconds. You're going to get two and a half seconds of this song. Again, I think these are all pretty popular songs, so don't think like obscure, if that helps. Anyways, here we go. Oh, my. <laughs> I Jesus. Was am that a ukulele? It sounded like one. It was definitely a ukulele and an upright bass. Um, mm. Okay. That doesn't mean I know what song uses those. Is it Ingrid Michaelson? It is Ingrid Michaelson. <gasps> oh, my. It Whoa. is. It is Whoa. absolutely Ingrid Michaelson. It is. That's that song. <laughs> Arguably her biggest hit. Um, dude. Is it the dog day? No, no, no. That's, uh, I don't know any Ingrid Michaelson. Who am I thinking oh. of? Who's that? You think of like Sarah Bareilles nope, or something? Somebody uh, else, but that's okay. Good, good call. Can mm. we hear it again? Yes, yep. absolutely. Or Regina Spector? Is that who oh, you're thinking? Man. of? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just guessing about Parker's. Florence the Machine is what no I was thinking. This. I was thinking Florence the Machine. All right, we uh, have okay. we have the artist. Yep, it's something. I don't like, know the song. The chorus goes something like "I love the way you hold me" or something like that. Am I right? That is there? another Ingrid Michaelson song. It's not but you that are on, one. It's not that one, Ooh, but you are on the right track. Man. I'll give you. I'll drop. I'll drop a hint here. <laughs> Go for it. I haven't dropped any hints yet. Uh, the title of the song is two words, two very short mm. words. Rag lift crag. <laughs> I like rag crag and I like lift off quite a Clam lot as jam. well. Clam jam might be the name of this song, actually. For the record, I was thinking the same. <laughs> when I was listening, I was like, yeah, clam jam. Clam jam is probably yeah, it's a really <laughs> not very well known band, I guess. So it's not like Love You. Or... It's not Love You. Oh. Uh, I, I, I legitimately I'll, won't know. I'll drop yeah, another one. Uh, the, the second word in the title of the song can either be spelled with two letters or four letters um you can spell this what? exact same word with two letters or four letters what um what is this an english lesson <laughs> <laughs> man i'm just Homophones. thinking of words that, that probably just confused yeah, probably people more, which is yeah, my plan um <laughs> gorg but you can also spell probably it. gorg <laughs> i'll say this the very the very first lyrics of this song are also pretty much the chorus i just wanna Blank, blank. Have fun. <laughs> Girl, I just want to have fun by 80s. By 80s. <laughs> by 80s, <laughs> 80s bands. Uh, I'm gone. Like, yeah, I, what is I it? I don't have anything. The song is B-O-K. Oh, uh, you know that song. I just want to be okay. Be okay. Be okay. I'm <laughs> just... I just want to be okay today. Yeah, I, I definitely. Be okay. be, I know uh, it. That's what I've heard it before. So okay, I never heard. I didn't even know that was Ingram Michaels. I've only heard that at uh, when I worked at Burger King. It played uh, on the radio for sure. Hmm. All right, all right. Next two song. second song. Here two we go. Seconds. Oh shoot! That's Lord. Is it Lord? It's yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Royals. Royals. You're so right. Royals by Lord. Yeah. What a smarty pants you are. Cool. 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 Cool
Goes the early front runner. Uh, he is all helping out all the mine. future <laughs> guests. Will be very. No, you get schnorkels. Only I get schmeckles. Oh, that's prejudiced in some <laughs> some way. Game or something. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Chad Chad gets schmeckles. That's nah, it. Yep. Only Chad gets the schmeckles. All right. All right. Next song. Let's do it. Uh, what? One point five. One, one and a half. One, one and a half seconds. Spot. R.E.M. losing my religion. Holy, oh holy my God! Holy God! Holy God! Again. Get out of here. He knows dude. these songs. I, I mean, would not get out of here. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> All right, one second. One second. Again. That's a. That's a. <laughs> Oh, man. What a second. <laughs> Takes me back. Yeah. Of wow. all the seconds in the whole world. Oh, mm. man. I One more time? One yeah. more time. Oh, oh, no. Is oh, it no. Phoenix? It's Phoenix. Uh, it, in 1901? Yes! Oh. Ha! <laughs> Chad in the game. Look at that. <laughs> in the game. All right. Uh, now for the hardest one. This is the final one. You get half a second of this song. Drum roll, please. <laughs> oh, okay. no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for all you listeners okay, back cool. home, this one goes out to you. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I got... <laughs> is you guys might have to think about this, but I'm, I I really believe in you. I think you're gonna get it. Oh, Play it again. All right. If you really believe in us, all that tells me is I'm gonna be real mad when I know what it is. I do. I believe in you guys. I think you're gonna get it. You could play this as many times as you like, by the I way. I mean, I could. It's not going to help me a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. One though. more time. Man, is it the Clash? This is not the Clash. Oh man, it's a good guess though. All right, when what, it, uh, what should era? Should I say or should I go? When he's like, that, yeah, that's what I yeah. was feeling. Um, fair. That is that but is nope. a vocal part but making nope. making the big well, loud yeah, the, yell there. Yes. <laughs> is it just the beginning of the Wilhelm? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, no. Fun fact for you guys: there's a Wilhelm scream in one of the Escape games. Oh, oh yeah. Is, yeah. is it a space-based one? Or? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, earlier, out. Cole mentioned that he worked doing tech things, but it's at the escape game specifically, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is real neat. That's true. He's smart and cool and oh, fun. Man, but, this, but I hate him. It's just wild. Um, I, too. Maybe give us some hints. And yeah, sure. Uh, this this song and this artist were gigantic. Uh, I, I mean, that's I guess that's a hint, but. Um, Oh, here's a, here's a better hint. Um, this song was covered, and the cover became more popular than this version. Oh, oh, well. Can we ask what time period the artist was gigantic? Sure, in? Uh, the 1980s. Uh, well, it, between the late 70s and all the way up until the early 90s. W- was this a Michael Jackson song? It was. Uh, was it Smooth Criminal? Twice. Hey! Okay, when, when you said that first clue, I was like, Alien Ant Farm? There's no uh, way that song man. was bigger than Smooth Criminal actually was. It was. It was, the really? The cover of, really? of Smooth Criminal by no Alien Ant Farm oh reached number one. This song never did. Holy that cow. Yep. I didn't That's, know that. Yep. I, you really said crazy. that, and that was my... I, when I went, oh, it, and I was like, no, there's no way. But it was. Yep. That's, wow. <laughs> wait, it went, did Alien Ant Farm's version go number one in the U.S.? Yes. That blows my mind. I had no idea. 
Yep. Yeah. That's one was no huge idea. for a long, long time. That's crazy. And I'll say from my own personal experience, I didn't know that it was a Michael Jackson song. I really? really? Oh, man. Version yeah. first. It yeah. makes sense to me, though, not that a cover of any Michael Jackson song would be bigger than his version because he was huge. That, like, that riff, though, like, <laughs> Alien Ant Farm's like a rock band. <laughs> so it makes sense. It's like, <laughs> that, like, yeah, that agreed. would be, that's more rock and roll than, like, yeah, Michael for Jackson. Sure. It fits better. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the song is doing fits better in kind of in that niche genre. Not that rock is niche, but in the sense that, like, <laughs> Well, Within the pop. alien ant farm section yeah, of, of rock is right. a little more niche, but um, yeah, I no. couldn't name a single other song by them. No, no, I, I couldn't either. Really could I, 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 I've seen them live because they opened for Three Eleven. <laughs> that to me was of all the bands that you guys played last week. Like picturing like little Chad listening to Three Eleven was the, that was the funniest to me of all. The That's bands. fair. So yeah. true. Yeah, but I saw Three Eleven at War Memorial uh, in Nashville and uh-huh. Alien. Ant Farm open oh, for him. Can and I see just... something at War Memorial? Yeah. My least favorite venue in Nashville. Really? I don't know how you guys feel about that. I've right. only been to it once, maybe twice. I think once. Every show I've seen there was too loud, which mm. is like an old man thing to say. But I've, every other I venue has been no, fine. I got you. Yeah, but War Memorial is too loud, and like I don't know, I just didn't like the vibe. Hmm. I get that. I get that. I don't think I've been to a show there since that one. So yeah. So let's get back into it. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Groove. Let's keep talking um, about groovy stuff. Well, uh, let's do it. I'm going to play one real quick. Yeah, do that. So, I, there were, man, there are a bunch of examples, but this first one, or this, not first one, we've talked about a bunch. This one that I'm going to play <laughs> is uh, Icarus Lives by Periphery. I don't know if anybody ever yeah. listened to them at all. Um, it's the first song I ever heard by them in any case, and they were one of the early gent bands like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, gent being a genre. And you'll definitely hear it, I feel like, with this guitar part. But this is just the intro and the first verse of it. And so it's within... Gent, again, is kind of like math, metal sort of thing. Um, but a lot of times pretty groovy. And so I'll just play it and we'll talk about why. That's when it goes somewhere completely different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys' thoughts are. I have thoughts on sure. it, obviously, but I'm curious what you guys' are. Well, we touched on like how syncopation was a pretty big part of Groove earlier, and like mm-hmm. that song is obviously like yeah. they're definitely like hitting some accents and like making it syncopated, even though it's a pretty simple time signature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the syncopation is what makes it groovy. Yeah, to me, what I think I don't know the the best part about that to me is the sudden switch from like the not not lo-fi guitar but like just the guitar to all of a sudden the band coming out of nowhere Mm -hmm. that just immediately turns my attention to 10 because like my attention to this song might be like a six or a seven like okay Uh guitar riff like yeah where are we gonna have a build-up are we gonna like get some like (laughs) drums slowly building in or like maybe bass line no it's just everything (laughs) i want i love that yeah seriously appreciate that well and there's a big difference like especially when it pertains to the groove of the song the guitar part by itself is kind of like yeah, this is interesting, but it's a little bit harder to follow than yeah. when the drums and everything yeah. are playing with it. It's like, okay, yeah, here's the groove of that yeah, part right. that was still played in the beginning. It's the yeah. same part, but it's just way groovier because of everything else that's playing. And I wonder it. too, um, within 
if we have time, I might play an example later of this. Um, but how how difficult it is for something to be groovy if it's hard to follow at the same time. So like as things get more mathy, like I, I'm curious for you guys. Like I've heard that song a billion times, so I can't remember the first time I listened to it. If by the end of it, I kind of understood where the beats were or whatever but like do you guys feel like you had a good idea of where each of those hits yeah. were happening by the end i mean so there like hit- i probably couldn't play it back right. to you because mm-hmm. the rhythm is like odd enough yeah that it would be kind of hard for me to just go like oh well let's go you know three sixteenth notes and then they're doing like an eighth <laughs> rest yeah. and it, but i mean like i could tell mm-hmm. where the pulse of it was yeah. like they, it's very obviously it's very obvious kind of like where the pulse of yeah. that line yeah. is and I can at least feel like most of the pulses and most of the accents where they were playing. And I think like the more you get into mathier stuff, to, or more, I guess, the more you math, expose yourself yeah. to it. Yeah, the 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 easier it is to find the groove. But if you're talking about a specific genre like math rock, mm-hmm. it's it becomes very very hard to make a song groovy. Yeah, um, which I don't know. To me, like the the less straightforward a song is the less groovy it is. I mean, you know, because that's, as far as I know, groove is something that's easy. It should never be hard to identify what the groove in a song is. And like, if you have a 5-4 time signature, it can be, it can become difficult. I don't know. Like, there are some songs that I was listening to today when I was thinking about this topic specifically that I was like, yeah, this is really cool. Oh, you know, I'm counting this now and it's actually in (laughs) 5-4. My snarky puppy example had a section of five. Yeah. And so there's a, there's an element to it where like there, yes, I I understand what you're saying. Like this familiarity and being able to just kind of like bob your head with something, but there's an element to bands doing something and doing like weird stuff so well that it sounds really normal because mm-hmm. like maps analysis does that a lot um snarky puppy does that a ton where it's just like this is just a really groovy part oh it's kind of in an odd time signature i didn't really notice the first time i listened yeah. to it just because it sounded mm-hmm. very natural i feel like groove is kind of a medium spot between i actually a, a couple hours ago earlier today because i had the day off i <laughs> wrote a little thing and then like put a really basic jump part and bass part with it and then made it a little more complicated and then a little more complicated to see mm-hmm. like you know like it getting groovier and stuff but we don't have time to listen to it and it wasn't that great anyway um but <laughs> oh, uh, i'm sure it was what was i don't even remember the main point anymore um parker just, made a yes. thing <laughs> yeah. the middle point of simple and complicated kind of is can be where groovy is i feel Mm -hmm. like because if it's really simple it's just kind of boring if everything is just on eighths and quarters like that's that's really straightforward but then on the flip side yeah if it gets too complicated then it's not very groovy anymore if it's just doing very technical stuff where it's you know then that's not groovy but somewhere Mm -hmm. in between there it's most groovy when there is that stuff we were talking about where like you know the kick is anticipating the scenario you know you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. those kinds of things mm-hmm. uh, help add to the groove, hmm. but then at a certain point detract from it again. If you add too much stuff going yeah. on or so, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of, you know, the balance of that and space and all that. But yeah. I yeah. think in the vein of making math rock groovy, like you said, it's somewhat difficult. Like the clip we just listened to and then like a band like the contortionist or whatever, they mix, they mix the low end like pretty high. Like the clip we just sure. listened to, although it was like guitar driven or whatever, like the low end is still very punchy. Mm-hmm. And I would bet if they didn't mix it that way, it'd probably feel a lot less groovy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's You're the low end that like, hits you in your you. chest. Yeah, is, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's when you in, instinctually feel the groove of a song is yep. through the kick drum and the low end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I agree. 
Um, so yeah, the, the thing I'll share next is, uh, it's a little bit more of an electronic kind of thing. And I mean, electronic songs have a ton of groove most of the time. Cause that's mostly what they do. Um, but this is a, a guy named Toro y Moi. Um, he does uh, some things, a kind of couple of different pseudonyms, like, uh, uh, Laysons and, and Toro obviously, but he, he does a lot of like sample based music. This is a song called so many details by him. So he does, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's super groovy. It's very sexy. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, this song has one of those kind of what we had talked about earlier, where you've got like one one element of the song that's like really on time. The hi hat in that is super on time the whole time. Mm-hmm. Everything else around it, and this happens in a lot of Toro's music, where he'll have a ton of elements that are like not quite on time, mm-hmm. or like keyboard parts that sort of like anticipate the beat a little bit too much mm-hmm. or sit behind the beat a little yeah. bit like the kick drums kind of not always super clean on time or the uh the little like uh sparkly like it doesn't really fit necessarily mm-hmm. on the beat and i think that really like gives a song this cool groove too mm-hmm. I there's I agree. yeah the especially the anticipating the beat kind of it reminds me um <laughs> there's a youtuber or a guy who just does drum covers on mm-hmm. youtube uh Nah, I'm gonna get his name on. It's like David Dixon. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> David Dixon, uh, something yeah. or Doggerty, David Doggerty, or something like that. He, but he's the guy that, if you've seen the, it's Ansel Myers Johnson from Ansel Myers Johnson Electronics. Yeah, that guy. That's great. He, so he's fantastic yeah. at doing those things. But there's another song. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but where he does a drum <laughs> cover of it, that. and a lot of a lot of this covers that he does are he'll take some live performance from somebody at like you know NPR show or whatever, mm. and add drums to it where there's not drums already there. Mm-hmm. But there's one that I'm thinking of, like in the chorus or some bit of it, every time he hits the snare, he anticipates it a little bit mm-hmm. to where it feels like something's always a little bit late because it's just a little bit head. And it's, I mean, all the comments are like, Ooh, that pocket though, <laughs> where it's, it just hurts almost because it's, you can't quite tell, is this good? Is this bad? But like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like stuff just being just off beat mm-hmm. to where it makes you have to like kind of fall into it. It's yeah. it's a feeling more than feel it. Like just the thing is that yeah. <laughs> yes, right. That, that happens so often in especially like funkier music or like that YouTube channel specifically right. yeah. is you know there's not there's no rules to say like you have to hit the snare on this beat, but I think it has to do with the fact that it's here and gone so quickly mm. in, in any song that like you don't, you know, your average listener doesn't have time to pay attention to it to, to really, you know, dissect whether or not that was correct or not, mm. because it might sound like a mistake, but it just, it sounds, I don't, I don't know. It makes it sound more human and, and yeah. real. 100%. Another example, I guess not a specific one, but rappers going like actually being behind the beat yeah. where it feels like, are are you like not able to catch up? Like it's yeah. it's hard to tell sometimes where you know it's like and it's like just yeah, yeah you're yeah. falling out of tempo yeah but it feels 
uh, it feels like, yeah, walking to molasses or whatever, but that kind of brings you into the groove a bit mm-hmm. more or sometimes it's just annoying. There's a fine <laughs> line. I don't know what it yeah. is, but yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I want to go back to what you said, Chad, about uh, kind of electronic influences mm-hmm. in, in the drums especially and you were saying about the hi-hat, how like the hi-hat's like just ever so slightly like off but it's I, I I don't know. It's me. Like I said before, that's that's very. There's something very human about that. And for my mm-hmm. next example, I picked Stevie Wonder. I picked Superstition because oh, yeah, yeah. because that song starts out with the drums. And little fun fact: Stevie Wonder on those old records of his, he played every single instrument. Really? Yeah. Oh, holy cow. Yep. Yeah, he was knows. on drums. He was on bass. He was on guitar. He was on. I think keys. he was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that Probably. too. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. But, I mean, no. The uh, times. <laughs> yeah. So so I picked this song because this is the quintessential like groove to me. Um, when I'm in the studio or when I'm like at home trying to get a good drum sound for the songs that I do, I know a lot of drummers really are concerned with the sound of the snare or the kick. I'm always concerned with the hi-hat more than anything else mm. um, because I want that hi-hat to sound absolutely perfect because I know that that's going to like define, that's the that's the drum that you're hitting the most, at least for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm hitting the hi-hat more it's than any other. It's not a drum, it's drum. a cymbal. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh. Get ready. I quit. Danger. I quit. I quit. I quit drums. <laughs> I quit this podcast. I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> that's the cymbal that I hit more than anything else. <laughs> I just left. I just carried my microphone with me. I'm walking down the stairs now. <laughs> Took the mic with him. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyways, I picked that song because if you listen closely, not not even closely, but if you listen to it, it's just got that perfect human element to it to where it just it defines the groove because it's not just, you know, on on the ones or the ands. It's it's just got that that flair to it that's so important in a groove, but it's not too much. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, once you start to add too many elements, then it gets, it it just gets filled and there's just that perfect amount of space in there. Mm. So let's go ahead and play it. If you were especially listening to the drums there, you probably notice it's not perfect. Yeah. There's there's a lot of beats in there that are like, oh, that's a little bit off. And it's very simple. Like the the bass is just boom, boom, yeah. boom. I mean, there's no flare in the bass, there's no flare in the snare. It's it's just one and three. Flare in the snare, y'all. Snare flare. That's what I was gonna point uh, out too, is that uh we talked a lot about how like sometimes it's the bass and the drums that really set the groove by them being like syncopated when other things are normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's been a couple examples where it, it's done the opposite where the, you know, the clav mm-hmm. is doing something that's specifically more syncopated and all that, that sets the drums and stuff apart. Whereas if the drums and bass also kind of all the, it wouldn't have the, it would have, it would be more complicated, but it wouldn't necessarily, it probably would exactly. be worse, you know, yeah, all yep. things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it doesn't actually have a, you know, groove all in all. It's just all kind of falling the same line together. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Uh, cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we switched to Stevie wonder right before my next example, because <laughs> when I like immediately think of groove, the first like genre that comes to mind is funk. 
Like yep. anything yep. Oh, funky sure. is like probably groovy. <laughs> so um, I chose this example uh, by Earth, Wind, and Fire specifically because um, a key element in this groove is Earth is the cowbells, <laughs> fire and wind. Uh, and, um, and I feel like that's wah, not wah, a wah. typical instrument that anyone would find groovy. I honestly feel like if anyone has like more than one cowbell like on their kit, <laughs> I'm usually probably like, nah, you're gonna do too much. I'm not excited about this. <laughs> but um, this, I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire obviously knows how to lay down a groove, nah, and not. this song, like, they use multiple cowbells in a way I've never heard before. So let's hear it. Like I said, the cowbell like sets that that like groove apart to me from like other you know like the bass line is like he's definitely slapping the bass and he's getting <laughs> real funky, sure. but like the the key component of that groove to me is like what the drummers do on the cowbells and later in that song they play the same groove but take some elements out and you hear the cowbell like pretty defined. Hmm. So I added that to the clip too so we could hear the cowbell part. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I honestly, the first time I heard that song, I didn't really hear it. But my uh, my coworker Ryan was like, "Dude, those cowbells!" And he started like air cowbelling, <laughs> which is not something anyone should do. But it was like pretty funky at the time, and I I just wouldn't expect that to be like part of a groove. But we were talking earlier about how sometimes in the percussion sections of like a groovy song, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the drummer, but maybe like someone doing auxiliary stuff that's mm-hmm. really setting the groove like the shaker and the spoon song or the cowbells in yep. this song mm-hmm. which is just like so sick there's a uh, part of so bastille had a couple of big songs in the last couple of years with like pompeii and and bad blood and i think it's bad blood actually that has a a drum part that in the choruses has this like bloom, bloom. Um, but it changes on each little pass through the chorus. So you'll have like the first line and he goes, bloom. and then the second time it goes, bloom, bloom. and then the second time it goes, or the third time it goes, bloom again. And, but the third time it does something a little bit different. And the, every time I'm in the car with somebody with that, I'm like miming those little like, bloom, <laughs> bloom. Yeah. and they're always like, huh, I've never noticed that before. Yeah. I'm like, that's my favorite part of this song. <laughs> yeah. And it's that exact same kind of thing. Yeah. That auxiliary percussion though. Man, groove is fun. Yeah. I think that's groovy. I think that's about it. Groovy. It kind of wraps it up. Yeah, we've got yeah, probably yeah, more examples. Uh, also, you can check out Intrinsic One. I think that's what it's called. I forget by the Contortionist on their am- album Language because it's got a really good groove. But we didn't have time for it today. But it's so good. <laughs> oh. Also, Lights Out, Words Gone by Bombay Bicycle Club off of uh, How Can You Salt? No, that's not the name of that album. Uh, 
off of album the album. Oh man. How many times have you brought up Bombay Bicycle Club? Only on two or three twice. <laughs> uh-huh. They're super good. We need a so we should point, get a running list. A limit of like <laughs> I know, dude, it is a struggle every week for me to not talk you about Mute Math's Mute first in a while. album. <laughs> I, I, I have, have I would have a problem with that too because yeah. like when it comes to groove like yeah, Mute Math is awesome. I almost also pretty sick. Baselines, yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, like, right. Mute Math kind of checks all the boxes. They check so this, many so. boxes cuz they're so it's varied tough. across so many different things but Anyway. Yeah. Mm, good yeah. times. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that's what we got, you guys. That's that's our discussion on Groove. Um, let's see. What can you follow us on? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe like Every social media street? or something. Maybe. Don't Just... follow us on the street, please. <laughs> please. I don't need any more. <laughs> huh? Matt's like... got all the tailgaters. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to sign your little autographs. Just leave me alone. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook. You can find mm-hmm. us on Instagram and Twitter. We're on all the big ones at Joyous Eclectic. Uh, you can also email us any submissions you might have for discussions you want us to talk about or songs that you want us to put on the show. We'd be more than happy to do uh, Joyous Eclectic at gmail.com. Wow, what a great email. Thanks so much wow. for telling us. Uh, yeah, wow, thank we... you for acknowledging <laughs> the great email. Um, <laughs> It took a lot of work to write that email. Mm-hmm. No one else, but it won't take you eclectic. any work, listener, because no, you sure write won't. it really easily. Yeah. So <laughs> well, Cole, yeah, what were you gonna say? I, I said you. no one else had joyous eclectic at Gmail. Nobody. Nope. That's surprise, always a surprise. good feeling when, yeah. you want, <laughs> when you want an email and no one's taking it. It's, it's just like yeah. yeah, you can just have that. That's fine. Um, I thought about creating a joyous electric at gmail.com just to see if anybody's like <laughs> to reroute that. just in case. Yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah, it might happen, and that's that's totally cool. If you're not the best speller, neither or am I. Don't worry about it. Just decides that yeah. you didn't mean eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yes. Um, check out the rest of our episodes, please. If you guys liked what you heard, um, leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe, and then you'll get the show every week if mm-hmm. you want to hear any more. Um, yeah, we're gonna probably keep playing some more fun games and having some seriously fun discussions. Um, I want to thank Cole for being yeah. our inaugural yeah. guest. That was very, very fun. You are so welcome. <laughs> um, Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, and you're welcome back anytime. Um, I think I'll be here every week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Silently, I'd, most I'd of like the time. to welcome our new hosts. <laughs> um, It'll be more like. Yeah, and then this bass riff was really good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just edit you into the past episodes. <laughs> but anyways, um, what was the other thing that I want to say? Oh, yes, next, next week. week. Yeah, uh, we're talking about lyrics next week, ba, 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 which is a topic that we have not discussed yet. And it's true. man, that's going to be, that's probably going to get pretty deep, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be a little two that I'm going to bring up and they're both sad. Oh. <laughs> I feel like lyrics when it comes to listening and I'm like analyzing music is lyrics are the most subjective. Yes. Like we could all like talk about like our different takes on grooves. Mm. They're all relatively similar. Like lyrics hit people in a totally oh, yeah. different oh, way. Oh, for sure. Yep. So that's going to be interesting. So. <laughs> so again, yeah, because this is probably the most universal topic that we've discussed yet. I mean, when most people listen to mu- music for the first time, they're listening for lyrics. So again, if you have anything that you want to share with us or something that you would like to hear us talk about, or maybe something you want to talk about with us, send it to us. Uh, yeah. But other than that, guys, Thank you so much for talking, as always. Yeah, that's what you said. Um, And thank you, 
person sitting there with your little car. <laughs> we see you. Yeah, we're watching oh. you all the time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. Seriously, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an absolute joy to do this every week. And um, as always... It sounds like you're leaving forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's been a joy for these past 12 years. <laughs> this is the episode where Matt realizes he's being replaced by Cole. <laughs> gonna, I'm just going to take my award and uh, walk up the stage. The music... We can change this world together. Stop the music. I've waited years for this. Stop playing the music. I deserve this. They need to hear this. Anyways, How many times I, have we fake outshowed so far? Well, oh, too many. Way too many. You're welcome. It's mostly my fault. Bye, everybody. Right. Bye.